Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with a song of songs as we pick up in Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 1. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Tonight we want to look at the song of songs, which is Solomon's. By the title, it indicates that Solomon felt that this was the finest of the 1,005 songs that he wrote. This is the excellency of the songs that he has written, of the 1,005 songs, this one is it, as far as Solomon is is concerned. In Ecclesiastes, we had a theme, vanity of vanities. In this, we have song of songs. The vanity or the emptiness of the world apart from God. The emptiness of the world in achievement, any achievement that is apart from God. Now he speaks of the Song of Songs, which is Solomon's. And the Song of Songs is a song of love. Now, there are some people who consider the Song of Solomon no more than just an erotic oriental love song and feel that it has no place in the scriptures. But others have found tremendous inspiration in the Song of Solomon by looking at a spiritual allegory, seeing it as a spiritual allegory. Now, to the Jews, it became a spiritual allegory of God's special relationship to the nation Israel as God is seen in the figure of Solomon the king and Israel as the favorite choice wife and as they express their love of each other. So God's expressions of his love for Israel and Israel's expressions of their love for God. And of course, through a lot of the prophets, we find the same theme as God addresses Israel as his wife and God tells of his love, his deep love for his people. And the espousals of the youth, when you first discover me, where is that love that we had in the beginning, God said? Why have you turned away from the love? Who has drawn you away? And, and as Israel turned their hearts from God and began to worship Molech and Mammon and Baal and some of the gods of the Canaanites. God spoke out against it as having forsaken me, your first love, the true love, and you've taken up with these other paramours that are going to leave you desolate. And so to the Jew, it became a beautiful spiritual picture of the relationship of the nation Israel, the special relationship the nation Israel experienced with God, to the church, because the church is often seen in the New Testament as the bride of Christ. 
It became a picture to the church, her relationship to Jesus Christ, her bridegroom, her coming king, who we look forward to. And, and so the spiritual allegories are then made applicable to Christ and his love for the church and the church's response to his love. John Gill, one of the great Puritan preachers, preached to his congregation 122 sermons out of the Song of Solomon. So for those that are looking for sermon material, seeking uh, to find it in the spiritual allegories, there's just a, a lot of material here. He preached 122 sermons out of this book. Bernard of Clairvaux preached 62 sermons to his congregation just out of chapter 1. So the book is filled with imagery and possible allegorical applications. Now, I am not one who really goes into the mystic allegorical applications of the scripture. Though I do see here many beautiful allegories and you can take the text and spiritualize upon them, that just hasn't been my method of ministry of, of taking a text and seeking to spiritualize the text. Because different people can see different things in an allegory. And even in the Song of Solomon, there have been various interpretations of the Song of Solomon. The basic interpretation of the Song of Solomon is that this is a young Shulamite girl that Solomon has fallen deeply in love with. And she is in love with him. And he addresses himself to her, declaring his love and declaring her beauty. And she responding to him. While the daughters of Jerusalem are there asking questions of the young girl concerning her love for him, asking Solomon of his love for her. And so the, actually, again, it's a song. So you see it's set up in a dramatic kind of an opera. You have Solomon standing there singing his, in his rich baritone voice of his love for his bride. And she with her high soprano answering him and, uh, you know, singing, come my beloved into my garden and drink. Uh, you know, taste of its fruits and so forth. And, and then you have the chorus over here, the women's chorus, the female chorus. And they, every once in a while, sing in, tell us of thy beloved, you know, where is he grazing his flocks and so forth at this time? And, and they are interjecting. Now there is another interpretation of the Song of Solomon, basic overall interpretation. And this one is 
followed in the Amplified Bible and suggested in the Amplified Bible. And that is that here's the same beautiful young Shulamite girl that Solomon has fallen madly in love with. And he is seeking to make her a part of, of his harem. For Solomon had a harem second to none. And he is seeking by his wealth, by his grandeur, by all of the gifts and then the wealth to cause her to become a, a part of his vast harem seeking to woo her and to seduce her. And she is brought in with the other virgins. And she is telling them, they wonder why she isn't responding to his love, and she is telling them that she has a true love, a shepherd. And she doesn't respond really to Solomon's love because her heart is after another, her shepherd lover, who she longs for, who she seeks after. And in the spiritual allegories to this other way of looking at the Song of Solomon, Solomon in this other allegory represents the world. The Shulamite woman, the Christian, and how the world is seeking to allure the Christian away from her love for her shepherd, Jesus Christ. And she has this deep, fervent commitment to her shepherd, even Jesus Christ, and cannot be allured by all of the wealth and the glory and the grandeur of, of Solomon as he seeks to seduce her and draw her into his harem and all. And so this is another possible interpretation, but this is the problem, the basic problem of spiritualizing the text and seeing it in an allegorical sense, because as you go through the book, either one fits, but surely they are diametrically opposed to each other as far as an interpretation goes. And yet you can see and you can read it so that either way it fits. Solomon is the one she loves and they're expressing their love for each other or she is sort of rejecting the love of Solomon because of her true love uh, for her shepherd lover. The Song of Songs which is Solomon's. It begins with the first singer who is this young Shulamite, beautiful girl, and she sings, Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for thy love is better than wine. Because of the savor of your good ointments or your perfumes, thy name is as ointment poured or perfume poured forth. Therefore, do the virgins love thee? Draw me, we will run after thee. The king hath brought me into his chambers. We will be glad and rejoice in thee. We will remember thy love more than wine. The upright love thee. Now speaking of herself, she said, I am black, yet beautiful. 
O ye daughters of Jerusalem, as the tents of Kedar and as the curtains of Solomon. Look not upon me because I am black. And it doesn't mean that she was an Ethiopian, but it, she says, because the sun hath looked upon me. She was well tanned. My mother's children were, my stepbrothers actually, were angry with me. They'd me, made me the keeper of the vineyards, but my own vineyard or my own complexion and so forth, I have not kept. I'm ruddy and tan and so forth. Tell me, O thou whom my soul loveth, where thou feedest, where you make your flock to rest at noon. For why should I be as one that turneth aside by the flocks of thy companions? So her opening declaration of having been brought into the king's chambers, her addressing the daughters of Jerusalem concerning her own unkept condition because of being outside, keeping vineyards, sort of a Cinderella kind of a story. The wicked sisters made her do all of the work, and uh, she wasn't able to, to keep up her own cosmetics and all. Now the king responds to her, If thou know not, O thou fairest among women, and the question is, where you feed your flocks. If you know not, O fairest among women, go thy way forth by the footsteps of the flock and feed thy kids beside the shepherd's tent. I have compared thee, O my love, to a company of horses in Pharaoh's chariots. Thy cheeks are comely with rows of jewels, thy neck with chains of gold. We will make thee borders, now these are the Daughters of Jerusalem, the virgins, the chorus responds, we will make thee borders of gold with studs of silver. And the bride responds, while the king sits at his table, my spikenard sendeth forth the smell thereof. A bundle of myrrh is my well-beloved unto me. He shall lie all night betwixt my breast. My beloved is to me as a cluster of camphor in the vineyards of En Gedi. The camphor trees... Uh, or cypress trees, and just that beautiful smell of the out of doors and trees in blossom there in Engedi. Behold, thou art fair, the king answers, my love. Behold, thou art fair, you have dove's eyes. She responds to him, Behold, thou art fair, my beloved, yea, pleasant also, our bed is green. The beams of our house are cedar, and our rafters. Of fur. So you have the opening of this love drama, uh, the, the Song of Songs of Solomon. I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys. And the bridegroom responds, As the lily among the thorns, so is my love among the daughters. The bride responds, as the apple tree among the trees of wood, so is my beloved among the sons. I sat down under his shadow with great delight, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. He brought me to the banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. Stay me with flagons, comfort me with apples, for I am sick, and the 
it probably should be translated sick with love because we have a thing of sick of love. We think that, uh, you know, I'm sick of it. But that isn't the meaning here. Uh, I am sick because of it. I am sick and uh, like I would say, I am smitten of a bad malady or something. Well, uh, I am sick of love. Love is the cause of my sickness. I am sick with love. I'm just lovesick, we would say. His left hand is under my head. His right hand doth embrace me. I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the rose and by the hinds of the field, that ye stir not up nor awake my love till he please. And then the bride goes on to speak. The voice of my beloved. Behold, he comes leaping upon the mountains, skipping upon the hills. My beloved is like a roe or a young heart. Behold, he stands behind our wall. He looks forth at the windows, showing himself through the lattice. My beloved spake and said unto me, Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. For lo, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth in the time of singing. The birds is come, and the voice of the turtle is heard in our land. The fig tree putteth forth her green figs, and the vines with the tender grapes give a good smell. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. O my dove, thou art in the clefts of the rock, in the secret places of the stairs. Let me see thy countenance. Let me hear thy voice, for sweet is thy voice, and thy countenance is beautiful." Take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. My beloved is mine, and I am his, and he feeds his flocks, actually, among the lilies. Until the day break and the shadows flee away, turn, my beloved, and be thou like a roe or a young heart upon the mountains of Bether. She continues to speak. By night on my, or sing, actually, because it's a song. By night on my bed, I sought him whom my soul loves. I sought him, but found him not. I will rise now and go about the city in the streets and in the broad ways. I will seek him whom my soul loveth. I sought him, but I found him not. The watchmen that go about the city found me, to whom I said, Did you see him whom my soul loves? It was but a little that I passed from them, but I found him whom my soul loved. I held him and would not let him go until I had brought him into my mother's house and into the chamber of her that conceived me. I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the rose and by the hinds of the field, that ye stir not up nor awake my love till he plays. Who is he that cometh out of the wilderness like pillars of smoke perfumed with myrrh? and frankincense, and with the powders of the merchant. Behold his bed, which is Solomon's. There are three, and that would be the, the, um, the marriage chariot that he made, the nuptial bed. Behold his bed, which, Solom, which is Solomon's. There are 60 valiant men around it, the valiant men of Israel. They all hold their swords, being expert in war, and every man has his sword upon his thigh because of the fear of in the night, King Solomon made himself a chariot of the wood of Lebanon. He made the pillars thereof of silver, the bottom thereof of gold, the covering of it of purple, the midst thereof being paved with love for the daughters of Jerusalem. Go forth, O ye daughters of Zion, 
And behold, King Solomon with the crown wherewith his mother crowned him in the day of his espousals and in the day of the gladness of his heart. And now the bridegroom speaks. Behold, thou art fair, my love. Behold, thou art fair. Thou hast dove's eyes within thy locks. Thy hair is as a flock of goats that appear from Mount Gilead. Thy teeth are like a flock of sheep that are even shorn, which came up from the washing, whereof every one bears twins, and you're not missing any. <laughs> There's none barren among them. Uh, now, <laughs> I don't know that uh, if you would uh, try to express your love to your girlfriend like this, how well she might take it. Your teeth are like sheep that are all evenly shorn that just came up from their washing and everyone bearing twins. Well, it means your teeth are matched. You know, you both, you know, as you go across, they're even, they're, they match and so forth, which is important, I guess. Continue with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Song of Solomon in our next broadcast. As Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Song of Solomon 1 through 4 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is the Word for Today. P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord be with you. May the Lord watch over you this week. May the Lord bless you. May He fill you with His love, with His Spirit, with His grace. That you might show forth that grace of God in your dealings with others. That you might manifest the Spirit, the nature of Jesus Christ in your relationship with others that you might walk even as he walked in Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. I am Goliath. (laughs) What's going on? Don't be afraid, we have God on our side. My name is David, and I know all about big, scary giants. 
I've defeated lions and bears, and God will help me defeat Goliath, too. It's true, and Pastor Chuck wants to tell you all about the story of David and Goliath in his new book, Just for Kids. So come along on a great adventure and discover how God used David to defeat a big, scary giant, and learn why David believed that God was big enough even to conquer Goliath. And as a gift, each book contains an audio CD of Pastor Chuck actually reading the story of David and Goliath so your kids can read along. To order your copy, call the word for today at 800-272-WORD, or to see a sneak preview of the story of David and Goliath, visit us online at thewordfortoday.org.